And guys, Mick, I thought we would start the show <laughs> with some sort of uh, solidarity. Oh, yeah. to the solidarity. Yes. There we yes. go. There you go. So, Mick, uh, we got a special guest today. Yeah, I know. That guy, he's sitting right over. Yeah, there. look at him. Yeah, look at him. <laughs> he's British, I... but not as dark as our other British pal. <laughs> We don't we don't have a long history of getting along with the British. Uh-uh. No, the, I think the last time we had a British guy on, we offered we sacrificed a pug live on air. So that's that's we did, and, and, and then we <laughs> and then we killed the pug by beating him to death with an Irishman. Mm-hmm. It's terrible, it's terrible, Grim. terrible. But anyway, uh, Graham, introduce yourself. Oh, hey, what I'm doing. Yeah, you, yeah, you. So I didn't expect to have to introduce myself. Oh. (laughs) Hey, listen, man, everybody here pulls their own weight. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, okay. Okay. Who are you? Uh, I'm a guy from England who uh, has got lucky enough to write a couple of books. Ooh. Fair enough. One of which you participated in, Mick. I did. I did participate, and there was a lot of storytelling. You are doing that. <laughs> there was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. First, let's talk about your first book. First, what was that called? Oh. Hey, Nick. Uh, okay. Well, neither are out yet, but the the complete oh. history of Goonies now it comes out on October thirteenth. Okay, and then the complete history of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes out in December. No, no fixed date yet. Great, great. And uh, so the Goonies one is about what? Uh, Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me pull this out of you. No. <laughs> What do you want? Do you want to? Do you want my history to, to the yeah, you know how I came no. about the book? I yeah, well, twenty two hours ago you published an article to Bloody Disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> okay. Well, you know uh, Jeffrey Levy and Luca Bercovici, who um, were the creators of the original Ghoulies, are trying to uh, uh, kind of create a campaign to, uh, or at least I am for them to uh, hopefully get them permission to reboot the franchise uh, care of Sony, who currently hold the rights. Right. So I'm bothering people until they relent and say, yeah, we'll do it, essentially. Excellent. I did it. I did it. Well, <laughs> I signed Oh, something. you signed it? I did. Well, thank you. I saw. I'm, I think I'm one of seven, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're, uh, well, well, I'll tell you, honestly, working on yeah, that. But- no, the the camp the the the, the um, what's it called the um not the campaign the uh the the petition specifically ah, it wasn't there it is. To, to, the, to wasn't to get thousands and thousands of names it was really just uh you know a, a foot in the door just to get people talking about it online which has happened I just signed it. Well, thank you very much, DJ. So yeah. I mean, like, yeah, uh, it, it, essentially, you know, we've got you know dozens of oh, I speak I say dozens, but like so many. If you go on and, and Google Goody's reboot. You'll just come up with, you know, 30, 40, 50 good sites who are reporting about this whole thing, which which really was just a case of saying, 
let's get people talking about it and find out if they want to do it. I want right. it, but you know, I'm a nerdy Ghoulies fan, so that's a little yeah. bit of a different thing. <laughs> Um, so you're a nerdy Ghoulies fan yeah, and, and, and a writer to boot. Well, that's what I, I originally, um, uh, I, I, oh shit, sorry. I've just, my phone call. That's good when you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I've made this, I've, so I don't, I've literally gaffer taped my phone to a chair in front of me. So, uh, it's so you can like see my pretty face. Is your eye line. <laughs> I would not. And obviously, and obviously it didn't work. <laughs> it looks like you're drowning. <laughs> Somebody throw uh, him a rope. It's like, like oh, there you go. oh, there you go. Okay. What were we talking? So yeah, I, I essentially got. I approached by a, a publisher who said, "Hey, I've seen the Ghoulies shit. You're right. Do you want to write a book?" And I said, "Yes." Uh, that's Miami Fox Publishing, who um, uh, who uh, are also releasing the Texas Chainsaw book. And uh, yeah, I just went to town. I kind of started interviewing people. I kind of like you know bothered people uh, until they relented and, and and became involved in the uh, in the project. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it seems it to be getting a lot of traction. It is apparently it's it's selling you know pre-orders are selling really really well and um, uh, yeah it looks to be quite a popular kind of book for, for you know people like me who want to who want to read this kind of stuff yeah it's great um, <laughs> he took me out now you can bring me back in hi sorry <laughs> my computer was going to run out of battery I thought that that probably would be at least halfway embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the way things are going, actually, would just be another giggle on the gaff. But you know, <laughs> yeah, this is going really well. Yeah, this is. Going <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you said that while the before the water got to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 okay. So, yeah. So what made you think after doing Ghoulies, what made you go through this process? Uh, because I have to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, uh, I wrote behind the screams um, and I'm having a lot of trouble getting motivation to write the next one. <laughs> that one was about nightmare on Elm street four. This one's about nightmare on Elm street three. The How do you find? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you find any inspiration to write again? <laughs> okay, well, hang on. Why did you do part four first? Why, why didn't you go in, in order? Uh, because I had never written a book before, and I thought to myself, I was going to write about something that I enjoyed the most. Okay. Right? So mm. for once, for absolutely 100% sure, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> because everybody's <laughs> asked me about that. And I go, uh, because I thought that the making of four was much more interesting than the making of three. Okay. And it was. Mm. Oh, it, it, and you know how I know? Yeah. Cause I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you went all pirate then, Mick. 
because I was there. Because I was there. Uh, what, what did you ask? I forgot. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, what, what made me get off my ass and do it? To be fair, yeah, look, what, what, was... exactly. God damn it, I forgot everything. Okay. Well, you, you, you're good. you know what this is like when you're waiting for a book to be put together and released, you kind of twiddle your thumbs and think, what am I going to do next? So I thought, okay, well, what, what can I do? And the only other really, like, I mean, as, a, as you said, you know, the only other thing that I kind of obsessed me since a child was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I thought I'd give my two cents in that, in that, um, in that. Realm. I love the but series. Harder, uh, as you know, sorry, TJ, go on. I love that. I love the Texas Chainsaw series. I would have to say, you know, just for, for, for nostalgia purposes, parts three and the next generation are just uh, so awesome to watch as adults. One and two, you can go back like, holy fuck, these are amazing. But three and four, you're like, oh, I used to watch this as a kid. And oh, this is not as good as I remember. But oh, the nostalgia factor. Uh, <laughs> also, I would have to say uh, the produ- <laughs> production design on three lacks. Lacks on that. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, Actually, yeah. uh, Mick well, has- lacks, lacks inspiration, right? Lacks inspiration. Graham, are you aware that Michael Berryman once showed up to the set of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> And mistaken the uh, entire gas station to be a real gas station and stopped for gas. And Jeff Burr had to tell him that it wasn't real. Jeff Burr had to tell him it wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, when Jeff Burr told me that, I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, so I could sit here and talk shit all day. But after that story, I can't, I don't have anything to stand on. No. Michael Berryman shits you out in a puddle, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that film was wasn't, really great. Say, so, this is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre that Michael Berryman showed up at. Or no, the that was the movie. third. That was my third one. Oh, okay. I was yeah. going to say, because the original was, one, that was an actual gas station. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a testament to mixed production design uh, abilities. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to make me feel better about that horrible thing that he uh, said. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've done in the past many times. Yeah, I, I know how this goes. This is this is a cycle. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. You know, it's like the grunt before the drop. Yes. But back to so Ghoulies for a second. Oh, Ghoulies, uh, okay. Yes, uh, John Carl Buechler, uh, actually, we featured his last interview before his passing on this show, and he did a Ghoulies film. What Ghoulies film was that, Graham? Well, he, he actually did all four. Okay. Uh, effects wise, but he directed part three. Okay. And that was the college one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that film. <laughs> yes. And what, okay, you say, so how, what, how do you view the film, TJ? Uh, cheap Gremlins. Uh, uh, okay. So, <laughs> I know. He comes in right low. He's like, uh, Mick Straw yeah. Stacks, and he's, he's only just grown a beard, and Goonies is shit. You see? Yeah. He comes yeah. in right yeah. there at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm know, not it's, saying it's shit. Uh, I'm just saying it's like, that oh, it's <laughs> You're trying to get your breath back. And okay. Comes, Graham. And he comes in sweet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Change change yeah. my mind. Why is Goonies <laughs> so good? Well, okay. Well, you you said that you know cheap gremlins. I mean, okay. Goonies and Gremlins were in production at exactly the same time. Okay. It wasn't it 
although the 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 um uh the the what do you call it the promotional release they did milk gremlins of course very wisely mm-hmm. but um it wasn't like they it wasn't a quote unquote cheap gremlins ripoff like you know everyone claimed it to be wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> yeah. you said they were in production at the same time can yeah. i just throw this out for a moment <laughs> here we go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just going to point this out. Mm. Um, I am sure that Gremlins could have started filming, <laughs> could have could have released, could have said that we're filming Gremlins. And in the time that they said that, the guys who, John Beekler could have made all four <laughs> coolies before they released it. So I'm not sure that that's a great argument for you. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I mean, I do know a thing or two about how this works. <laughs> they didn't shoot for as long. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> no, uh, uh, the Gremlins production tried to sue Ghoulies at the time of they were both, you know, shooting no sure. because they, you know, they found out about, you know, that it was another little monster movie and they were kind of worried that they would uh, sort of take, you know, steal their thunder, so to speak. Okay, uh, so back in 2018, uh, so back in 2018, you had this Ghoulies companion book, uh, and that would have gone over all of the Ghoulies films and the comic book all in like one big foul swoop. Uh, The Ghoulies companion was literally a fanzine that uh, I put together. Okay, just as a fan, stuck out there. Just uh, only, to be fair, not many copies sold because no one knew about it, and uh, that's how. uh, the publishers found my kind of, you know, ah. obsession and said, oh, they, they bought a copy of that, read it, said this is actually not too bad. Uh, let's see if we can polish the turd and uh, expand it and we'll release it as a proper book. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, so I fell into this. So when you say, Mick, you say, what makes you keep right. doing this shit? It's like uh, no, no, honestly nothing. I'm not like I'm not a, I'm not a good writer. <laughs> just I honestly just fell into this by accident, and they seem to keep releasing my stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> I write it, they publish it. Yeah, I write it, they publish it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I have to do it all. Oh. So, uh, upcoming <laughs> projects beyond what you have already mentioned, Graham. Um. Well. Uh, yeah, I can't talk about it though. <laughs> but but I have got but I have got some stuff kind of like I'm working on. But yeah, you're uh, yeah, I can't say anything right now. Okay, it's a bit secret. God, <laughs> some of these interviews, I right, TJ? I mean, yeah. really, really. You know, <laughs> well, you didn't have to ask me that. Uh, this is stuff God, that we, we talk about off air. Yeah, and now, well, off air. Yeah. yeah, let's okay, let's stop talking about this off air. Yeah, some of the fucking <laughs> interviews. Oh <that we> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, it's, 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 I, I'm, it's authors, DPs. What is it now? Right? Yeah. It's, right. Here we go. Okay, authors. Hit list. DPs, <laughs> <laughs> authors, DPs and actors. Right. Yep. Right. Come on, TJ. Yeah. Yeah. You have nothing to say up there. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's the shit list. It's uh, the shit list. <laughs> so, <laughs> TJ, what, oh, why, what, with, when we do this, why are you not on the camera and Mick is? Because I've only seen a picture of you wearing some sort of gimp mask. 
So where's the? Uh, <laughs> well, because you are on thing? your phone, you can't see the live stream. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yes. So you actually can see me in all my glory. Yes. Uh, he, yes. He's over there. <laughs> I he's actually there. have a nice setup on the screen right now. You look. Uh, you're like this nice floating head right above your name. It's yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it literally looks like your nose is standing on the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mustache, like little feet. <laughs> and as you go back and forth, it's like. So Graham, <laughs> uh, through through this so far, you're apparently a gore, uh, a huge horror fan. Uh, what other uh, franchises uh, are you a fan of? Uh, well, I mean, you know, obviously everyone's a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. but uh, it seems Mick or- Mick's already got there, so uh, there's no point in kind of covering, you know, at least the uh, three and yeah. four. No, done that. The, this is the problem, you know, with any franchise that's been around for for that long. Unless, of course, you've got some sort of inside information or, you know, you've got so much in your head to talk about stuff. Inside information. Yeah. That's why I wrote a book. (laughs) (laughs) Inside information. You're right. Mick, you wrote a book because you're the state farm of uh, production designers. Uh, (laughs) You know a thing or two because you've seen a thing or two. That's why. That's why you wrote a book. (laughs) I was going to say that I was chaos. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but, but, Mick, you, but, but, but Mick, you wrote a book because you you had you know hundreds of stories and inside stuff that no one had published before. So that there was a right. reason to do it. Right. Yeah. And, and now, so when, go ahead. Go on. No, no. Well, I'm just saying when when you when if if everything has been spoken about, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Max is only 50 years old. You know, I mean, like. Mm-hmm. When, when it's been overanalyzed, you know, time and time again, what do you really offer, you know? So you kind of well, have to come at it from a, no, you're, a you're fan's perspective. You're absolutely right. But the, the problem, and, and I'm going to say this just from my book in general, the problem is that the same stories keep getting kicked around yeah. and, and, and yeah. told by the same people. And and the reason I wrote a book because I wanted to tell the stories of actually having been there. Yeah, and and it's uh it, it's kind of a, a different thing. And and you said you said it is it's like well you're 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 telling stories, and and um and I I don't know so much that I was trying to tell stories as I was just trying to give a feeling of what it was like to actually be there. And, and I, I, and I think that part of the problem is, is that people, you wouldn't believe how hard it was to find all the people that I knew. I mean, just the people I knew just trying to find them and get them to say something about the film, you know, was, Mm. it it was very difficult because uh, we're all old farts and, you know, like we have landlines and shit like that. Oh God. (laughs) You know what it's like to track somebody down on their landline? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So, but you, you had an advantage because not only were you there, you're also speaking to the people who are there. So, um, in the sense that I, I wasn't there for any of this stuff. All right. Um, I can't. You know, I'm really just kind of putting their memories across. There's no point in me uh, sitting there and uh, kind of 
you know, overanalyzing this franchise and giving people, you know, my point of view. So, no, you know, this is right, what they were right. trying to you know, do. But it's crap. No, no one's interested in what I have to say. All, all I'm really doing is basically put down everything, you know, the, the interesting facts I know and then putting other people's stories across because no one wants to read a book where someone sits there and go and, and kind of, you know, oh, they was trying to do, an, you know, you know, oh, it's to do with the Vietnam and Armour, and it was to do with this and it was to do with that. It's like, no, I don't care. I just really want some cool stories. You know, that's it, and some yeah. pictures. No, no, I, 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 I totally got it. I, hey, I totally hey, Mick, get it. can yeah. I bust Graham's balls real quick? So, go absolutely. In an interview from well, August, could I ever 4th, stop you? No. Uh, so, in an interview <laughs> from August fourth, twenty eighteen, you mentioned there uh, a couple of movies that you buy on format regular again and again, and you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street two, but you did not mention Nightmare on Elm Street three or four. Is that because Nightmare on Elm Street three or four are not as good as two? Did you just say, "Could you rub my bull"? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you prefer nightmare on elm street 2 over parts three and four i love the first three okay the most and i also love Freddy's dead uh but uh two has this kind of like uh, it's so ridiculous the kind of you know, it's. I mean, what was it? Jack's Jack Hapkin, the original cinematographer, lens yes. at the part. This Jack, part two. Yeah, Jack. and uh, it's got a fantastic look to it. You know, and even though I mean, I well, growing up, you know, I I loved the second one so much, and everyone kind of jumped on board, saying, "Oh, it's really gay and that kind of shit." And honestly, I never even occurred to me that this thing had any kind of homosexual undertones. I was just like, "It's a cool movie," and I knew where the Jesse character was coming from growing up. You know, even not, you know, being gay. I'm like, I get it. He's fucking out of his mind. You know, that's just what teenagers are like, you know. And I, I love that shit. That was great. I don't understand why people dislike that movie so far. But obviously, you know, recently with Mark Patton's documentary and stuff, it's it's, it's become uh, a great, uh, you know, kind of cult classic. But three and four, I mean, three's always been renowned as kind of the the pinnacle, isn't it, to a certain degree of the of the whole franchise? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. would say yes. Yeah. Three, three. <laughs> Thinking about it, Sorry. yeah, three. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a slight delay from when you talk and then when we start talking. So yeah, it's, really it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes three and four are the pinnacle. Yes, yes, yes. Three, and yes. Four. Three and four. I, you know, the, 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 there's so much cool stuff about four. Uh, you know, in regards to like, you know, uh, set pieces. And if effect, you like MTV, kind of then you like part four. Absolutely. Well, that's it. And I love MTV, but there's, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But I love it, but it's not my favorite one. I hate to say. You know, here's the problem. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I want to explain this. I want to explain this because yeah, pe people ask me all the time, what's my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street? And mm. here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt that number three is a better film yes it, it mm. absolutely is a better film uh -huh. but <laughs> I, did, I just like to watch number four better yeah <laughs> just, uh, you know but number four number four is one that you can you can take little bits and pieces and watch it so yeah. you end up watching pieces of it three is kind of like doesn't 
three is 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 a journey and and let's face it three it's is more kinda, linear yeah and it's kind of heavy you know mm. just mm. just just for like uh as danny hassel puts uh number four w- is actually one of the finest <laughs> popcorn Hassel, films who does, who does danny hassel play again mick don't start with me. Man. <laughs> I sort of got out through this well, goddamn camera and just <laughs> fucking dump your peeny. <laughs> so, Danny Hassel plays Dan. <laughs> Play Dan. <laughs> that's a, that's an end joke, Graham. Sorry, yeah. it's a very very yeah. inside joke. Very. Very insecure. Um, you'll you'll get it in about a year's time. I promise. You know, in, in about a year, you'll understand exactly what that joke is about. So, yeah. message me. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, I'll get I'll get back to you on it. <laughs> I I am not disputing that three is not a better film. And it's just more enjoyable for you to watch four. And like that's right. what I was meaning. It's just, it's just a like lot with of fun, the Texas you know? Chainsaw films. Like like I said, right. one and two are better. But for nostalgia purposes, I like watching three or four. Right. Like, there's, just, <laughs> there's no doubt, you know, yeah. and, and 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 it's like number one is the original, and it's it's, it's dark, like, filthy. It, but, but really, I just don't care to watch it all that much, you know. For some reason, uh, four is 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 the culmination of of like it's it's like a rock video. It's got all these little segments yep. in it that are just so cool by themselves. I just love that. My appreciation for four stems from the fact that whenever you put it in the context of the entire film was built in segments and right. that each, <laughs> and that each uh, scene is pretty much gone off of, okay, here's the special effect. What can we do to surround it? That's that exactly film, how exactly, it was written. <laughs> yes. And that makes the film so much better in my mind. Cause, cause when you go to look at it, you're like, you would never think it was made that way. But right. oh my god, it just flows so well, and it's so cohesive within the story <laughs> and in the universe. So you know that's why I have my appreciation. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and and boy, I gotta tell you, three is is the better film by far. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know I was I was there, but the making of it was a heavy <laughs> was was just as heavy as the actual film itself. You know, it was a pain in the ass, and it, it was like you know. Shitting razor blades, uh, just shitting razor blades. Ooh. Yeah. Did you? Uh, there was a load of stuff um, shot for four that, that you know, a load of gore stuff and that kind of thing that wasn't. You you overshot the stuff so that the MPAA you could easily cut it back for an R right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and honestly, we did not have the problem with four that we had with three because mm. it, it it was actually kind of a. Uh, uh, I would have to say in the end, there was a little bit of a a, a learning curve <laughs> because when we turned four over, we, we knew how to do it so that we would uh, get it back, you know, so that we could keep it kind of more together. Uh, because mm. I tell you, in three, the fight, the, the real fight, the, the biggest fight in three was uh, the scene of uh, him, his arms getting ripped up. Right, mm. and him, him getting mm. uh, puppeted down the hallway and stuff. Yes, man. <laughs> the the original of that, which I which I have seen the original original cut, the very first assemblage of it. I bet you that like, was gross. 
Oh my God. Yeah. And you had to go to a screening room and have it projected. Right. And Uh, so we went to the screening room and had it projected and everybody was was walking out of there like. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. God, it's like you couldn't even use your steering wheel when you were done with that. It's like, oh, I got to drive back. Oh God! So where, where's God. all that footage then? Why? Why is there no kind of special edition with? Like, I mean, Warner Brothers. Is it Warner Brothers who have it now? Or um, Warner Brothers it... has it now. Yeah, yeah I... I mean, you know, that, that seems prime for a release. You know, all the stuff from every kind of movie. There was barely any deleted scenes for it from any of the sequels ever released, was it? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and Nightmare on Elm Street Four has a huge sequence with um mm. uh. What was what was uh, the the one that was pay, playing uh, uh, Patricia's part, right? Uh, but Tuesday night, Tuesday night, the sequence. Yeah. There was a, an entire sequence with Tuesday night that was enormous that was scrubbed because they wanted to kill her off sooner. See, that's the other thing you have to realize is as the film was going on, and I know, I know, this is like you know, kind of a, 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 a horrible thing to say. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Strapping kids. <laughs> um, you see, Tuesday night was going to survive, <laughs> but nobody wanted her to. <laughs> so, so they had to rearrange. I mean, literally, we we had a sequence. Uh, this is a practical sequence, and I'll tell you the sequence. Okay, mm. the Elm Street house that's in four. I built that version of it. We built it on a vacant lot, right? And it's a it's a uh, it's a facade, mm. and it and it had to be a facade because the lighting effects that we wanted through it were like the beams of light coming out, right? That that whole beam of light thing that was. Uh, prevalent in that film. Uh, yeah. It needed a huge amount of space behind it in order for the lights to come back and get the, you know, it, it's that, it's the classic nightmare poster shot, right? You, you know, with the beams mm. of light shooting out of the yeah, cracks yeah. and the boards, yeah. right? Okay. You can't do that with a house. <laughs> There's no way that you can make that happen back then. There's just, there wasn't a light that was made for it because the yeah. lights had to be back like, a good 30 to 50 feet before they could be focused down enough to come through as a beam of light like that. So I made a facade, but so we wrote the scene that we were doing was one where she, it was a facade. And then we built another facade in front of it that was held up by two cranes. And, and what it was going to do was we were going to separate in the middle of a shot the camera goes is up in her room and she comes down the stairs, which is still in the film, right? But when she goes through the door in the scene that was eliminated, she comes out on her front porch and she's standing on the front porch and we're looking at her. And she she's looking out beyond us and we're the camera and she's looking beyond us and all of a sudden she hears something. And as she hears Freddie is behind her, she turns her head and and the camera goes up 
over her head like this, and she turns around to look behind her, and the camera slams down, and now it's the Elm Street house that's behind her and not her house. Mm-hmm. Now, what we had to do to do that was literally when the camera is up over her head and she first hears the sound, we pull the other house out of the way. Right. That's why it was suspended on two cranes. We pulled the other house out of the way. Now she looks at the Elm Street house and the camera. It's, this is all one shot. Camera's now down low and she starts to run away from the house, which is right in front of the camera. Right. So she's running towards the camera. The camera goes, goes. And then the camera goes into a hallway and she starts into a hallway. And the hallway is a nightmare on Elm Street ha- hallway. <laughs> And just as we start to see the walls of the hallway and her, she starts to slow down, the Elm Street door slams down behind her in the hallway, all in one shot. So, cool. so the hallway was Fuck. literally 50 feet, 50 feet away from the facade, right? Mm-hmm. So that was all track, and, and, and it literally took all night to get it. Took all night to get that shot. It was an enormous build. And then I'm I'm sitting in my office like two days later, two two weeks later, and uh, Chuck Weiss, the uh, editor, comes, the editor's uh, the second editor, comes by and he's playing with a roll of film and he lays it down on my desk and he goes, "Hey, here's that that shot of yours." That <laughs> was called my shot because it was all my working, you know, with the sets and everything, right? And he plunks it down on my desk and he goes. There it is. <laughs> she, he says, you're never going to see it off your desk. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> he goes, yeah. He says, nobody liked her. We too, we killed her off. <laughs> wow. So then, so then you came up with the sequence of her coming upside down inside mm-hmm. of the Elm Street. So then we had to build that part on stage. And we eventually killed her off in the vat of acid or whatever you know that's it okay uh and uh you heard it here first (laughs) did they did they really have time to start like you know basically rewriting scenes i mean didn't didn't like like most of the new line stuff didn't they have a date of release yeah it did yeah it did i mean uh we started filming in february it was released on august 13th or something like that Wow. Yeah, it 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 did. So that was it. That was a tough. See, the thing is, is I, I'm telling you, she just wasn't strong enough. You know, I mean, don't kill me. This is just this is just the. Uh, I'm just telling you because I was there. They just <laughs> didn't. All of a sudden, they didn't want her to finish the film. Fair enough. Hmm. Fair enough. But so, you still have that roll of film, right? God no! Whoa, wow! The, the... <laughs> God, I, did you keep I, anything? I, I don't keep anything. Uh, he doesn't. It's, just not, it's not me. It's you know, if I if I kept little bits of shit from everything that I did, Ben, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to see me for the shit that I collected. <laughs> That's a shame. Fair yeah, enough. Really? What's the matter? <laughs> hey, it's all up here. Yes. 
Yeah, but that doesn't look good on the wall. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> you can't say that for sure. Hey, you I'm the one who has the it. task of taking it all from up there. And then yeah, it on it's, the computer. it's you know so. it's other it's other people's. <laughs> I figure it's other people's job to pull that shit down. I got a whole hard drive over there with his thoughts. What are you talking about? (laughs) Did Mick, did you kind of, did you ever take photographs or keep any pictures and stuff from set? I I did. And then I uh, went and did uh, Hercules uh, and I put everything that I owned in storage. Uh, And then there was this little thing in California called the Northridge earthquake. And when I got back, everything that I had in storage had been bulldozed down. (laughs) Oh, so it started again back in like 1995. So I, I have I have occasional things that I've collected from other people. So literally, the only place that any of this shit is is in my head. Yes. <laughs> no one wants to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> TJ's been assigned. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, TJ. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the Nightmare Four was a huge amount of work, and and but it was a work in progress as we were going along. I mean, uh, look at Andres in in the elevator. You know that that scene. Uh, <laughs> literally, as we're making the set that we eventually filmed him in, mm-hmm. you know, which was just the the fabric and stuff like that. The elevator, when when we first filmed, start elevator was up on top of this huge rig mm-hmm. that had this huge floor uh, blue screen underneath it. Because blue screen wasn't like it was for these days. You know, back then you, you backlit it and you had to have distance. Mm. So the elevator was rigged up about thirty feet. And uh, it was just literally sitting in the air and the logistics of, you know, filming the elevator. And we had all these glass floors that were uh, made out of tempered glass. And the idea would be that we were painting them to look like a floor. And then we would be overhead like this and we would break the floor. Ah. You know, and the floor would just fall as pieces down onto the uh, screen below. Mm. And, and the thing is, is it was so, it was such a complicated rig and, and it had a blue screen element to it that mm-hmm. nobody, there wasn't any way that they could fit it into the schedule to, to do the blue screen for it ah. uh, bef- before release. Right. So all of a sudden, you know, literally, the, they literally, he now, he walks out. We pulled the elevator down from the rig, mm-hmm. just put it on the floor. And as soon as he gets in the elevator, it's just him and that room and the elevator. Right. And uh, it was like Beans as he was kind of one of the ones that was actually an actor. Um, it was kind of, yeah, hey. <laughs> Here's the glove. Go for it. <laughs> and that's like See, literally what happened. Yeah, but if the if the floor was supposed to fall away, I mean, from from a kid who was watching Nightmare on Elm Street fall, right? And the most horrifying thing about the scene in the, in the elevator for me was the fact that you know, like a dozen cheerleaders came in and saw his penis, right? And I'm just under that as a kid, I'm like, oh my god, they saw his peepee. 
That's that's horrifying enough. Well, you don't need the floor to fall away as a child anyway, you know. Well, now, but he went from there into the hall, into the, uh, into the elevator. Remember? Because him with all. Oh, because he was sitting on the toilet. I'm thinking of the toilet a bit. You're, ah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're combining the two, and and they, I am. I'm yeah. combining them. And, and it was going to break away, and it was going to be hell. And then he was, and then we would have had to have like built hell and all the rest of that. And boy, we were just <laughs> we just got time for that. <laughs> just uh, who's got time to build hell? I mean, you know. But you know what? Else we don't have time for. Any more what? of this conversation? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us on an, another exciting episode <laughs> of the Rabbit Hole Podcast. Wait, was this exciting? This was exciting. This was a what? damn good episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Graham. Graham. Yeah. Tension up. Okay. Hey. Hey, thanks what? for coming by, man. I really <laughs> <didn't>. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I... Tell us, tell us the books that you have coming out and what they're all about. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, complete History of Ghoulies, The Complete History of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ghoulies is available for pre-order. It's out October. It'll be out worldwide, but you can grab it by Waterstones. Just Google Ghoulies movies online and you'll find some shit about it. And I'm around as well. Put, put, put something in the show notes so I don't have to spell my ridiculous name. Fair enough. Yeah, and I hear that you're <laughs> going to be writing for Bloody Disgusting. Well, no, I just, I literally, um, uh, John Squires was kind enough to share some stuff I, I put together, but um, perhaps uh, there might be the odd thing. They're generous enough to uh, to share of mine in the future. We'll see. Ah. Well, thanks for coming. And and TJ, mm-hmm. actors, DPs. <laughs> and authors. And writer and authors. <laughs> well, thank you guys. See you next week. <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>